so it's bitten peach pod okay welcome here we are again for those of you joining us for many many weeks in a row welcome back to the asian queer family extravaganza event reunion that is bitten peach pod for those of you just joining us for the first time we welcome you into the experience hello I should tell you who I am. My name is Shay Shay. I'm your host. I'm a non-binary, half Japanese, half Irish person from America. But I live and work in London where I'm part of the Bitten Peach Collective, which is a pan-Asian cabaret collective, which many of our amazing guests are a part of and many, many more beyond that. But this podcast is very specific. This is a queer Asian podcast where we have queer Asians who identify as queer and Asian to talk in a queer Asian way about queer Asian things. And you might be surprised to learn that anything that queer Asians deem to be worthy of talking about could be interpreted as queer and Asian. So just just open your mind, expand your definitions of queer and Asian by listening to today's episode because today, oh, it's a historic day. I mean, every ding dang day is a historic day at Bitten Peach Pod, but today is our 10th episode. Oh. 10 10 tens across the pod and in honor of our 10th episode our very special guest today has been given an extra challenge beyond the usual challenge of just being a guest so let's bring them into the room and by room i mean zoom let's bring them into the zoom this guest is part of the bitten peach collective is a performer a performance artist a live artist a mover a dancer a voguer a cutie patootie, if if we don't mind adding, you know, some extra labels to the list. Please welcome into the ears that you listen with for your brain's enjoyment. It is Dwayne Nassett. Ding dong. Bitten oh Peach my God. is in the building. <laughs> How many other podcasts can we drop uh, in one greeting? Can we dro- um, welcome to the Bitten Peach pod. <laughs> this is a podcast gab fest where... Okay, we've got three. A multi-monoracial monoracial collection of... of- well, we're both mixed race. Mm. Mm, so we're both mixed race. Okay, so for those who don't know, not in the loop, uh, Dwayne dropped uh, little Easter eggs of Urgent Care Pod, which features iconic queer Asian mm-hmm. Joel Kim Booster and uh, queer adjacent Asian adjacent Mitra Johari. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you did the Ding Dong of Las Culturitzas, uh, co-hosted by iconic queer Bo and Yang. Mm-hmm. And, and then there was also a little reference to Food for Thought, who sadly are missing a queer asian on the panel mm-hmm. i think i think honestly if they know if they know what's good for them mm-hmm. one of us will be getting the call any day now yeah i mean they have a, a wide opening for one of us clearly and you know we love a wide opening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you heard that about us so today is a special day uh, because it is our 10th episode, and in kind of the, a similar vein, we were kind of inspired by an amazing episode or series of episodes of Los Culturistas, where they counted down the top 200 moments in culture history. Mm. That 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 was a big moment. Well, the six hours of that uh, of that series was a big <laughs> many moments for me. And so we thought we were inspired by this. We might take a little riff on that. So we are going to be doing a little bit of a countdown. But before we get into our countdown, down i have to ask you the question oh you know everyone loves this question <gasps> the question Do you know the question already because i get to ask it even if you know it um but like where are you where are you like really from ah no melts into a puddle of water dwayne's gone bye oh gosh this question um where am i really from uh well that's Difficult, difficult one for me to pin down. It's never an easy answer, and that's why I ask it. I go in with the hard questions right from the start. I'm Oprah Winfrey, mm. okay? I got the hard Going questions. Going the hard hitters. Uh, yeah, it's complicated, um, not solely because uh, I'm actually 
not a person. I am a swarm of nanobots that have achieved sentience and are assuming right, okay, yeah, a human yeah, yeah. form in order to like integrate more efficiently uh-huh, with society. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, for our intents and purposes, let's just say I am from the Philippines. I was born in the Philippines, just outside of Manila. Um, but then I moved to the Middle East. When I was two years old, where um to a little place you might have heard of it. It's called Dubai. Okay, in the United Arab Emirates. There's a apparently there's a lot of Filipino people in UAE. Um, I mean, is this true? Well, there's a lot of Filipino people everywhere, which is what I've come okay, to true. <laughs> realize. Like I always thought, true. you know, like oh, this country is the like the big diaspora filipino hotspot no it's this country it's that one but like the more that i encounter more filipino diaspora i'm just like wow everywhere. we're really everywhere filipinos <laughs> they're everywhere because i don't know if you know this but asia thorne also lived in uae for many what? years okay no I, I didn't actually know yeah that. not in dubai in Sarja. Sarja. <gasps> That's where I first went to school. That was the first primary Whoa. school that I attended, yeah. Did you go to a Filipino um, school? No, went to a British curriculum school. Like all the primary okay. schools and high school, uh, the high school that I went to were British curriculum ones. So it was weird, like... But yeah, the first one that I went to was in Sharjah, where Asia would have um, lived slash worked. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna just... have to hook you two up to have a little Filipino UAE uh, kiki. Y- the UAE Kiki Filipino edition. Little Gabfest. We know where you're from. That was a very succinct answer because it's a complicated question, and I know any of us could mm, spend an hour or more really answering it. But I know mm. we've got a lot on our to-do list. We got 10 things <gasps> on our 10th episode to-do list. We've so- got 10 things I hate about culture. No, 10 things I love about culture. But before we go into that, you know I have another question that I love to ask. And and if this overlaps with one of our things later, you don't have to mm-hmm. include it. But I need to know, when you were a little, 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 when your nanobot form was less nanobots, but you were already sentient in human form. Mm -hmm, Swarming together. Whether you were in the Philippines or whether you were in Dubai or Sarja, who, who, not what, but who, when you viewed the culture, the media around you, did you see, what Asian person did you see? Or, and think, okay, it's, it's gonna be me. Mm. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. Was a Backstreet Boys reference? Was it Backstreet yeah. Boys? It was, Ooh. yeah, I think so. Ding, 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 winner. Gosh, Lily Snatchdragon was on the um, podcast a couple of episodes ago. And um, I think I was like live texting this to you as I was listening to the episode because she actually name dropped Tia Carrera. Yes. Um, who, iconic Asian. But like also slightly like Pacific Islander vibes. Icon. Um, I don't know if you had this when you were a kid, but like basically anyone that had like slightly darker skin and, you know, dark mm-hmm. hair. I was Definitely. like, they're Filipino. That's a Filipino right there. Like for the longest time, I even thought Catherine Zeta-Jones, for example, was like <laughs> clearly Filipino. But you know. I thought she was part Asian too. Mm. So like there, there's something there. Yeah, but she's like fully a white woman, which was... Yeah, she's just Welsh. Mm, she's just Welsh. Well, just Welsh. That was going to be my answer. But, you know, I then thought about it a little bit harder. And this kind of ties in with one of the things that I wanted to mention in our list. But then I was like, okay, knock that one off. Make room for something bigger. Make way, make but, room. Um, yeah, for this Asian icon, I am going to choose Kitana from the Mortal Kombat franchise. Kitana. I knew I knew this name. I knew I knew this name. And I will tell you, Mortal Kombat has already, thanks <gasps> to Ms. Asia Thorne, Bitch. been added into the queer Asian Oh Pokedex. my god, oh my god. We really, we really are like connected. Sister, sister. Did you know, have you watched the trailer oh, the for movie, the, the new one, Mortal yeah. Kombat movie? Like a hundred yeah. times. Did you notice that the iconic line that usually exists in all Mortal Kombats, which is finish her or finish mm-hmm. him, in the trailer is finish them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if the person's referring to a gender non-specific person or if it's multiple mm-hmm. people. <laughs> but either way, I felt seen, mm-hmm. I felt heard. 
You felt, felt it. You felt gagged. The house down on the boots. I was gagging on the boots. On Katana's boots. Yes, like, I I noticed that and I was just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. It's definitely, like, knowing gaming culture and, like, gaming people, it's probably not on the side of, like, gender openness, like, no shade to, you know, gamer communities. Um, it's probably just to keep it, like, a bit more, like, mysterious and um, mm-hmm. ambigu- ambiguous. ambiguous. Okay, Katana mm-hmm. is iconic. Sorry, I've already skipped ahead to Googling what she looks <gasps> like. I needed a refresher. Oh, oh my god, I mean... that like, She's got a mask on. Mm-hmm. She's very COVID safe. I mean, these female ninjas are all very... Like, even the male ninjas, extremely COVID friendly, like, with these looks. But, like, ridiculous cutout swimsuit vibes. Like, who yeah. wouldn't look at that and be... Like, what little queer doesn't look at that and think oh my god asian icon how do i become that the boots the uh, fans yep, with blades the, the, fans, in them. the oh my finishing god. poses she had poses for the gods um her and her other her other girls she's a model mm. she's an actress They're literally she's like- a ninja <laughs> <laughs> she's a triple threat she um like in the the ridiculous films like the 1995 and 97 films like live actions she was actually played by a um american puerto rican model talisa soto i believe her name was she's another like kind of racially ambiguous person that was just like clearly filipino yeah like hello (laughs) you know what i mean like the kind of like very coffee colored skin like slightly round features Mm -hmm. but yeah so i was just i took one look at that video game priestess goddess empress and was like oh my gosh like she looks like well maybe not like me because i was like this big at the time but like you know she's someone that you identify as like someone within your within my world Mm. like in if you really dug up my family tree you might find her at the root Mm. yeah yeah she she might be there slicing and dicing away yeah um and the like the the face capture person that they use in the current game is actually a filipino american model Oh wow! As well, so oh, that's why. Whoa! Okay, yeah, this is levels. just going to show how little I understand about games. They capture real people's faces and base mm. the characters off real people now. Yeah, they do that thing where they like um, they get in this like bodysuit and they just like paint little dots on your face. <gasps> yeah, whoa. our our listeners slash our readers um, won't be able to see this, but I'm actually like putting my hands. Okay, this is a visual experience. Around my face, okay. Concealing. Dwayne is putting a hands around the face. Maybe let's do like a little hoodie. The okay, the hood situation. is covering everything but the 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 moon of the face. Mm-hmm. And they'll have like And then the little 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 dots. Dots all over like the the key mm-hmm. muscle points and when you're like scrunching up your face or like reacting to things that you know this camera slash computer will like capture it's like charts your face Mm. wow tech yes we are going full tech the asians are gonna Mm. love this Mm. well of course you know like asians and technology are like this oh gosh you say that and uh, sadly in 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 a recent episode with radon ridwan i had some tech issues and so the first two minutes or so sound junky as Mm. fuck and then yeah. it clears up. It clears up because I had a backup. I just forgot to back up right from the start. Mm. But now I know how to back it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back mm-hmm. it up. Yes. Back it up. Back it up. Baby, back it up. Back those, it up. Back those it up. familiar Uh-oh. with your Instagram feed will know your little... Um, booty tooch. Mm-hmm. The booty tooches. So... Enough of booty tooching. That's not what the that's not what the listeners are here for. If you're here for that, you need to slip into the DMs, okay? Here, you're here for queer Asians talking about things that made us queer and Asian, things that awakened the inner the inner power within the inner mutant powers yes. latent within every baby queer. So, my official question to you is because it's our 10th episode, I want to know what Top 10 moments from your development awakened mm. the queerness within. That enlightened me to my um, my top 10 moments that awakened my powerful, my mutant power, my mutant power pussy chakra. Okay, the, the, mm. the lesser known of the chakras. Mm, the lesser known but foundational. Heart, head, mutant pussy power mutant power pussy chakra right indeed it would take 10 of them to 10 moments to awaken said chakra yeah 
I mean, I can tell you right now, some of my chakras are locked up tight. Isn't there, isn't there like a, there's, there's, a, there's like a sexy chakra, right? That one, I've been on lockdown too long. I need to start working at that. And maybe by the end of this list, I'm going to feel mm-hmm. all my chakras in line. You'll be, you soothed. know, it's going to realign my spine and I'm going to be ready to mm-hmm. awaken. Ready to and kind of start spread you know, forth the goodness, the light. Pulsing. I'm going to start pulsing. So. Are we ready? We are going to smash through 10 moments that, that awaken Dwayne's mutant, mutant power, power pussy, pussy chakra. chakra. <laughs> Number one, Prince, prince Eric. Eric. Oh my God. Yay. Okay. So. Okay. Tell us about this prince. Mm. Prince. King, more like it. Come on. King Eric. Ooh, oof. That is a king right there. Um, these moments are all like vaguely in chronological order rather than like order of importance. Um, but this one I had to include because this was the first time that, you know, I was watching something. I think I was, I was like three or four years, no, maybe older. I was at an age, let's say an age. Young. And I was watching The Little Mermaid, like seeing this guy who has dark hair. So instantly I'm just like Asian. (laughs) Yes. It me. Um, yeah, same. Regardless of like the blue eyes and white skin, I was just like the hair. That is Asian hair. That's Asian hair. Yeah. It is known all people with black hair mm, are Asian. It is known. It is a fact. Nah, that's an Asian fact. So I was watching this and I remember having, basically this was my first ever wet dream <gasps> and I was very young. And so like, I remember. Darling, it's better up. down where it's wetter. Mm-hmm. She knows. Yeah. I remember waking up and like being in tears because I'm just like. I have no idea what's just happened to me. Like in my dream, I remember basically Prince Eric was like emerging from the water, didn't have any trousers on. He just had his like opened billowing, you know, romance novel vest, like shirt situation. Mm, Yes, that flowing white Mm. blouse. And there was just like droplet, like rivulets of water just like flowing down his leg, like his thighs. And I remember I love in like the the focus of my mind in the stream was just like hovering around his like midsection crotch and like the thighs. (laughs) And like everything was kind of like in this like iPhone slow motion where it just like it's like normal speed and then goes like Oh, yeah, and yeah, And I was yeah. like, oh. and I woke up, I was just like, what was I thinking? Because, like, the every time the, the shirt in front of the crotch would, like, try to, like, blow open, <laughs> something else would, like, come and cover it. Oh, so it, your, your dream was censored. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was censoring my own fantasy. Oh, yeah. we need to talk about mm-hmm. that in therapy. <laughs> that was, yeah, probably because, like, I didn't know what genitalia was or, like, the whole concept of whatever. Anyway, and so I just remember waking up, like, I still have this image vividly in my mind, by the way, like this guy standing on the rocks with, like, trickles of water. Um, and I was just, like, I was crying, and I cried so loud that, like, um, my parents came, um, like, I had run down to the living room in front of the oh TV. Um, just like, ah! and I was just like, Dwayne, what's wrong? And I like... I remember thinking that I couldn't tell them what I dreamt about. And this is like, I was like five years, I, I was, I was the age, I was an age. A lady never reveals her And I already knew at that time that like, I couldn't tell them about. But you knew, even then you were like, you were like, this is, this is for Mm, me only. That was definitely the, the first time my little, um, pussy chakra was starting to like emerge but like from and immediately you felt shame mm, immediately i was like i was censoring my fantasy within the fantasy and then in reality i was even then like zip zip it wow i think i think i bet you because i can relate to this like feeling of like some of your earliest memories for some reason you, just from the culture that you've consumed you know that it's quote-unquote wrong mm. Yeah, you're like having these stirrings, and I'm sure there's a lot of straight people that have uh, their first sexual stirrings are also they feel some shame around. Mm-hmm. But there's there's another layer, and then to add being Asian on top of that, you can put another layer, mm. which is these lovely layers of people, aren't we? Lovely, lovely, lovely layers. Oh, I should have mentioned this in my um, origin story, but my like I was adopted by mm-hmm. a white a white man um, who was ex-military, so there was all of this like masculinity thing. Military, as well. military. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know what those bases are like. 
so yeah, I knew that this was something that, you know, not only could I not tell anyone, but like definitely not him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember being like, uh, I just had a bad dream. Woo-hoo. And they oh were just like, God. oh, okay, fine. Like it happens, whatever. It gets better. Go back to sleep. It gets better. But you know what? Guess what? Sometimes it gets worse. <laughs> More often than not, kids. It gets worse. Oh, but no, you just grow harder skin and learn to close yourself off from experiences. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so Prince Eric was always my favorite mm. of the Disney princes. He also was like the most like, he was one of the most fleshed out characters. I mean, I loved Aladdin, but Aladdin was kind of slightly different case because he wasn't royal by blood, oh, yeah. you see. He was royal by magic, which is way better, if you ask me. I mean, I think we need to eat the royals. So, I mean, it, it, when the revolution comes, Prince oh, Eric 100. will be beheaded, unfortunately. And, you know, Ariel, she married into it. We're going to mm. have to get rid of her, too. She can go back to the sea if she wants. But she mm. was very special to me, that whole film. But do you want to know what I found the most enticing of the whole film? Uh, Ursula, Ursula disguised as a person. <laughs> like, you know, I only recently found out that her name as a human was Vanessa. Yes. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, where was it mentioned that, you know, did she have like a locket or like one of those like necklaces with like the cursive script she, that says like Vanessa? I think she did. I For some reason, I do see her name in cursive. But she wouldn't have had a locket mm. because she had the shell that had Ariel's voice in it. Mm. But, um, oh, she was fit as a human. I mean, Ursula as a, as a oh sea witch, camp, icon, o- already, legend, yeah. body, mm. oddy for days, based on divine. Did you know that? Mm. You did. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, villains, classically, villain, all villains are queer. Mm. Yeah. There's never been a heterosexual villain. And there never should be. No, no, never. I mean, heterosexual villains are just heterosexual people. Ooh, shots uh, fired. Ooh, exactly. Okay. Fighting talk. We gotta move on. We gotta move on to our second moment that awakened <gasps> the mutant power, power pussy chakra. chakra. This is number, number two. two. Say it with me. Sailor, Sailor Moon, Moon villains. villains! Oh my god, yes! So, this I feel so deep. <laughs> I mean, like, stop. Like, Sailor Moon anyway is such an iconic Asian... Like, even growing up, like, halfway across the world from the Philippines, and, I mean, like, technically the Middle East is still Asia, which is bizarre because the culturally just so different, but anyway. Europe, the Middle East, and Asia are one body. I do not understand how they've been labeled mm. as two different continents. It's one <clears throat> thing. Mm. It's called racism. Mm-hmm. Fuckeries. Going back to... Sailor Moon uh, villains. Yeah, like, Sailor Moon villains, like, we all have this, like, cultural touchstone in common. And, you know, like, what we were saying earlier with villains being just so queer-coded, um, I don't think it gets queerer than, like, Sailor Moon. And just, like, anime villains generally. There, when I started re-watching this show as an mm. adult, if I was more dedicated to drag, which I am not, I would have wanted to do, like, redo all the iconic villains. Because there's so many good looks. Okay, can we, mm. can we, can we name some of our favorite villains? Do you have favorites or do you remember what they look like? <gasps> I have a few. Oh my god. Okay, so I haven't... I haven't actually watched any Sailor Moon since Girl. I was a kid, and the only ones that I remember... Um, I have it all on my... I have it all on a hard drive, like the original Japanese with... <gasps> subtitles, um, subtitles, oh my god, yes. If you want to please, steal please, that. please send, because I did remember trying to see some English dubbed ones, and I was like, first of all, they've censored a lot of stuff, and like, second yeah. of all, like, that's not the voice that I associate with, you know, Usagi or... Yeah. Um, Exactly. But, like, I just remember the main one from the early seasons. Is she called, like, Mabel or something? Just really... Beryl. Beryl. Queen Beryl. <laughs> Very close. Uh, like that name. Yes. Was it uh. her, like, she, she had those playing cards that she would, like, throw to the to the earth, and then the playing cards would, like, become the demons? Okay, hold on. No, not quite. No? So, <gasps> wait. So, uh, Queen Beryl is season one. And all of her henchmen are named after stones, like Jadeite, Zoocyte. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. the beginning of the second season, we have the the twin, the, 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 are they siblings or are they lovers? They're lovers and they're aliens and they have blue and pink hair and they disguise themselves as people. And they have cards 
that like release these creatures. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Because also the me, tree of the tree of life or something is that sequence. Because me and my older sister, uh, I don't think my younger sister was born at the time, but we would we were always seen as twins, even though we're like clearly. You know, we were born a year and a half apart. We're just visually very different. But, you know, our mother would dress us up the same. And so I think we saw we saw those, that pair of villains, and we were just like, teehee, you know, that's us, like, taking our dad's deck of playing cards and just, like, throwing it around the house. And <laughs> oh, you know. Yes. Those, those siblings, who are not siblings, I think they're lovers, which is confusing. I feel like they're also siblings. I'm not sure. Don't well, quote me on it. Um, also, do not endorse that lifestyle. They they walked. They walked so that uh, Team Rocket could run. Mm. But mm-hmm. my favorite villains, okay, in uh, one of the early seasons, I think it was season two, after that tree sequence with those siblings that were maybe lovers, there was four sisters called the Spectre Sisters. And one of them, they, 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 one was like blue, one was green, one was blah, blah, blah. But the one that was blue had this like blue bodysuit, blue boots, and she had this white hair with a braid down the side. And if you look at her, she is like the slutty version of Elsa from Frozen. Oh my goodness. The Japanese just, you know, again, ahead of the times. They invented it all. Invented it all. And in maybe the third or fourth season, there's these three villains that are called Fish Eye, Hawkeye, and Tiger Eye. And they're like (gasps) circusy, but like they're so queer. Like Hawkeye is is male, but wears like a bikini top and like a skirt. And and like they're so camp. They're so wonderful. That's a very superstore. Very superstore. (laughs) They really are. They really are. You know, I mean like these villains, like they they have like gimmicks. They have you know, they have flair, they have panache and, like, style. Yes, and a know. lot of them are, like, object-based. Like, there's one that's, like, basically a drum. There's one that's basically a car. <laughs> and, like, right. one that's a soccer ball. Like, any object can be this fantastic monster <clears throat> who all get <throat> defeated in one episode, of course. But they all have names. <laughs> and I love, <laughs> in the original Japanese, when they get defeated, they, like, explode and there's, like, a heart because like Sailor Moons use some love heart attack on them and they explode and they always scream lovely (laughs) (laughs) in English in the Japanese show they scream lovely in English is that because like they knew what the word meant or it was just like a I couldn't you know I just an English word that they heard just like it was the 90s nothing made sense okay And on the track mm. of the 90s, I feel like that's kind of the era we're in if we're going through your timeline. And we need to hit item number three. Moment number three is Mormons. Mormons. Yay. Like actual Mormons. Okay, yes. Like the, <laughs> and the, the elders like walking Mo- around Mormonism. with their books. Mm. Okay, please um, explain this to me because yeah, this yeah, doesn't mean much to me. The only Mormons I know are... Like, the Mormon boys I stumble upon the X-rated section of the <gasps> internet, okay? Oh my god, stop. So, the Mormon boys Instagram account actually followed me, like, a few years ago. And I was stop like... Stop it. Wait, what? I think I've got, like, a, a screenshot of it somewhere, and I, like, posted it on my, my feed. Like, my life is complete. Mormon boys yeah, are now... I was actually raised, like, fully raised, full-on Mormon. My mother, my mother's side of the family, yeah, is very, very religious. Uh, I mean, like, Filipinos generally are very religious. I think that's maybe, like, an inherent thing. Like, no matter what religion it is, it's like, oh my god, give it to me. They go full out. (laughs) And then when the Spanish came with, like, Catholicism, they were just like, oh my god, it's the same thing, but with, like, beads or whatever. You know, like, with silks Mm -hmm. and diamonds and gold and jewels like yes yes please mormonism is the complete other end so it's very stripped back um very plain very clean and crisp but i remember when my mother would take me to the like the temple in um in dubai which is literally just like a house like someone's house (laughs) oh my god what a complicated what a you have such a complicated Filipino mm-hmm. Mormon living in Dubai. You know, like adopted. Okay. But yeah, like I would see like I would go into this this house, this church that was this house that was blessed and so it like became a church, whatever. And I remember seeing like Americans and they were okay. you know, because Mormonism is like an American thing and so they send 
you know, their missionaries out into the world and like basically colonize everything they see. And so I would see all of these like very white, blonde Americans, and they would be talking very like Americany. Like you know what I mean? American. <laughs> yeah, the 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 technical mm. word. Because like when I when I would go to school, I would hear like you know British accents or you know Arab or Indian. Like I there were it was a British curriculum school, but it was very international. But because the Americans had their own school, I think this church was the only place where I heard American accents, and I was like, oh, this is very mm-hmm. strange. Um, so I would see these like. You know how, like, American men are just built differently? They're just, like, bigger and beefier. Yes, in theory. In theory, yes. Yes. Um, But, you know, these, like, Mormon men were just basically what you see in the Mormon boys' porn. And, you know, they've got, (laughs) you know, they're... Who who said I was watching that? How dare you insinuate? (laughs) From your lips to this podcast, they had very clean hair, very crisp clothes. Um, I remember it was... Like, up until I was about um, 14, 15, you know, like, when I decided to leave the church relatively late in my life, um, I was like, Mm. yep, when I turn 18, I'm going to go on a mission. I'm going to have my hair cut every two weeks, like, um, all all these other men. Oh, my God. There was this, like, rigidness to their lifestyle where it's like, you know, you have to polish your shoes every Sunday. You get your, you know, your hair cut every two weeks. Like, everything's very clean. They really understood the importance of, like, presenting yourself. Um, but I, all I remember as a little, like, little queer kid being like, ooh, 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 like, those pants fit real well. Oh. You know? And, like, you don't know what's happening. Can you clarify for something for me? Did Mormons have to wear specific undergarments? That is true. They are called the garments. The oh, garments. the garments. And, mm-hmm. you know, the gays, we love the garments. <laughs> we love a garment. But yeah, like, you're not supposed to reveal any skin where the garment finishes. So it's basically like an oversized t-shirt and, like, bloomers, essentially, or, like, really long boxer shorts. And you can't wear anything that, like, Whoa. shows the garment, because then that would be too That's... scandalous. Okay. When you... I love to show the garment. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love a g- the garment is a moment show know. me the garment <laughs> um, but the actual Mormon garments are not as sexy as they come across you know, surprise surprise in the Mormon boys porn let's just let that be known I still don't know what you're <laughs> insinuating Dwayne uh, so yes that oh my was... god so I see I see there was there was definitely like a oh uh, uh, the mm. you know taking care of oneself you know presenting well spending a lot of time with other mormon boys yeah. and i remember there was like uh we had like a mormon like a talent competition once and then i remember one of these guys uh-huh. just like came onto like the stage area in this this house like with a guitar and just started singing um american pie a cappella and like now I would fully barf if that ever happened. <laughs> like, singer-songwriter vibes. But then I was just but like, it was so hot, what wasn't is it? this song? Like, who is this guy? And, like, his hair kept, like, falling in front of his face. And he would, like, oh, flick yeah. it with his, like, head, like, a little flick. Oh, yeah, no. And, like, little... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fully turgid. I'm hard. Um, I'm fully hard. But, yeah, just, like, things that would happen there that wouldn't happen you know, outside of the church, you know, and ironically, they were just like, this needs to be a holy place. But there I was, you know, fully uncensored fantasy. Having unholy thoughts. (laughs) You need Jesus in your life. (laughs) I need Jesus somewhere. Okay, it's time to move on for our next moment. Item number four in the top moments that awakened Dwayne's mutant power pussy chakra. Mr. Mess. Oh, shit. I, I jumped ahead. <laughs> no. Lara okay. Croft. Lara Croft specifically. Specifically Tomb Raider 3. 3. Yay. Okay. I mean, if you... The look. If anyone Googles a picture of Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, like the early PlayStation games, literally all you need to know, she is just tits and ass and a ponytail. Yes. <laughs> I mean, do you need anything more? Sunglasses? Did she sometimes have sunglasses? Sometimes, you know, when the sun be shining in her eyes, yes. she need the shade. She likes to protect the corneas. <laughs> she does. She had guns. Mm-hmm. She had a exposed midriff. Yeah. And she was raiding tombs. She was uh, in a problematic way, let's, let's add. 
Um, but yeah, you know, she she had guns. She had the moves. Would you would you draw a connection between Lara Croft Tomb Raider and Tia Carrera as Relic Hunter? One hundred. Like even though I experienced Tomb Raider first. Once I saw Tia Carrera as Relic Hunter, I was like, blueprint. Yeah. That is the blueprint. Hello. Right there. Hello. You know? The standard has been set. Mm-hmm. Get on her level. Like, sorry, Angelina. Sorry, Angie. But, you know, you had some big boots to fill. <laughs> Laura Croft's clunky boots. <laughs> right. But I would stick, I would get these gaming magazines, like, cut around the pictures of Lara Croft and stick them all over my, like, school folder. Wow. You know, and, like, when people are just like, oh, like, Dwayne, are you gay? Like, are you fag? I'd be like, no, girl, look. And I would have, she's you know, hot. Just, like, she's my girlfriend. She's my ideal girl. Hee <laughs> hee. With her size H boobs and her, <laughs> her 18-inch waist. And childbirthing mm. hips. She is the original hourglass figure. 100%. She's out there in a boots and socks combo. God. The Kardashians wish they had the Croft bod. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, that was that was my moment. Okay, that was moment number four. Now, and now moment number, number five. five. Mr. Mr. Mestopheles from, from Cats, the Cats 1998 televised recording. recording. Yay! The 1998 televised recording. Yeah, I had to Google, like, did this piece of culture actually exist? Because I, it I, did. I, I and I've seen it. Mm. I've seen it. I was it. like, was I having a fever dream at this time? I mean, it is very fever dream-esque. Mm. It's weird. Girl, it's so weird. I had never seen anything like that. Like, the idea of people dressing up like cats, but, like, going to the next level of, like painting their faces and adding whiskers and like making sure the costume blended in with the face and it was like fully sexual as well like again i think i was maybe 12 or 13 at the time i was watching this i'm reliving it in my mind's eye and kind of at a loss for mm. words (laughs) and I, i remember like the the opening scenes or whatever just like fixating on this one character being like, he's clearly the cutest out of all of them, and not in like out of an these obvious cats. <laughs> <laughs> out of these cats, he's the hottest one. Hot cat. Oh my goodness! And I was like, you know, oh sure, he's part of the chorus, like in the background, whatever. And then he has his big moment where it's revealed he's Mister Mistopheles, and he's like jumping, like grand jeting all over the stage, like legs fully in splits. And I was just like, oh, my boyfriend is jumping out of the screen to see me. Uh-huh. I just, I just remember, like, I was watching this before my dad came home for, from work that day. So I remember watching this and being like, oh, no, this is incredible. And I was, I think one of the first times I'd been exposed to dance as an, you know, performance form or whatever. Um, I thought mm-hmm. dancing was just like, ooh, you know, the dancing is me. amazing. The dancing is amazing. That is not an arguable. Many people will argue whether or not Cats is good, mm. but the dancing. So is I was watching amazing. something like, oh my god! Like, I wonder if I can do if I can do all of those things. And I remember trying to like stretch myself so that I could do a split. And then that was the exact moment that my dad walked in through the door. Come on, girl, <laughs> uh, split. What's that? Um, uh, that Chicago reference? We're just like, we were doing number. 49, that's spread <laughs> Well, I was And that's doing... literally when he walked in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, trying to get myself into a lateral split. And my dad was just like, Dwayne, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm always like this. <laughs> this is just how I sit. Because, mm. again, it was part of that, like, shame thing where it's just like, oh, I can't let him Absolutely. know that I'm into, like, dancing things. So I was like, no, this girl, I'm just chilling. This is normal or whatever. I just, like... I just fell into this pose. You know, while you were watching that, because I didn't see it till much later in my life, I, around the same time, was introduced to furry, furries. <gasps> but, like, not not people that would dress up, but, like, furry artwork. Artwork that's, like... The porn? It, I didn't know it was porn at first, but it was, like, people that were part animal. And I thought it was really cool. Like, that was very, very cool to me. And I, my my babysitters would kind of draw these, like, part human, part animals. And then they showed me some examples online. And then when I was on my own looking through more stuff, I discovered the pornographic side. And immediately found, mm. like, 
like wow. an artist that was very queer. I mean, I mean, being into furries is, you know, kind of sub sub subversive anyway. So I found furry art that was lesbian. I found furry art that was gay. And I was just like, like, why does this rabbit have a six pack and a heart on? I'm so confused. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like pecs that you can, you know, crack a coconut of yeah. them. <laughs> oh, bonkers. But no, like oh. I would fully engage in furry sex if this was with Mr. Mistopheles. Yes. And like, obviously like me in my adult form, not in my like 13 year old. No, 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 no. no, no, We're talking about now. We're talking about Mm. now. Mm. But not, not the new cats. Did you see the new cats? Oh, nah. No. I feel like. To me, that's not canon. It's not. Um, Strike that from the records. Uh, I feel like I need to get really high. Take some, you know, hardcore psychotropics. Oh, I would do that with you. Let's let's do let's have a summer screening of cats, but we're all just baked. Yeah. Baked out of our minds. (gasps) It's number Number six six on the list. Uma Uma Thurman Thurman in Batman and and Robin. Robin. (laughs) Uh, Okay, poison ivy, infect me immediately. Tell me why this is Big, big culture for uh, you, because I have to tell you the truth. I saw this movie in part when I was very young, when it was newer. My cousins were watching it, and I've not seen it since. I do have it open in a tab to watch, because you mentioned it, and as, I as thought, research, yes. I need to review it. But I'd rather watch it after you've told me why it's so good, so that I can look out for the iconic moments. Mm. What moments in this film awakened the inner beast? The, specifically, I mean, like, this film is... High camp. camp. It is straight people do with, like, without realizing drag. it, doing high camp. And Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy full drag. is a full on drag queen. Is it Tim Burton? Uh, no, that was the, uh, that was Batman and Batman oh. Returns. Oh, damn. Uh, this was Joel Schumacher, who oh, was okay. probably like the, the butchest straight man director ever, ironically producing this, like, this was the, the Batmans where they would have like the, the getting dressed scenes where they would like zoom in on the butt, you know, whilst they were zipping up the, the butt zip and like, you know, show off the pecs. And it was like dissecting this like muscular male form in a very sexualized gaze. He's had a weird career because he also directed the Phantom of the Opera movie, which mm-hmm. critically panned. And he also directed Lost Boys. Have you ever seen Lost Boys? It's like a no, vampire. It's like an 80s vampire. Maybe it's 90s. No, I think it's 80s vampire flick set in like a seaside California town, which was actually filmed very near where I live. And they do sometimes screenings of the film on the boardwalk and everyone shouts <laughs> out the words. Anyway, mm-hmm. Joel Schumacher did Batman and Robin and unbeknownst mm-hmm. to him at the time, created queer created- canon queer art uh, specifically the scene where after she's been born you know she's been infected with the the chemicals and what have you and she's decided on her master plan she attends the this grand ball where they're auctioning off um various women dressed as flowers again like very male gazy problematic oh you know and they're, they're using the money to like you know build a children's hospital whatever so they're auctioning off these women and then you know, one of the like backup dancers who's like dressed like a gorilla starts kind of moving sensually and people are just like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Why is this like gorilla being like really sensual and like sexy? And then suddenly it's a furry. It's Mr. Mesopheles. <laughs> Literally. Right. And then, you know, slowly this furry takes off their big gorilla head and you see this like shock of red hair and then you know, a sudden oh, slow over-the-shoulder moment reveals Uma Thurman in her iconic you know, green leaf yes. poison ivy eyebrow and then proceeds to be sexy and sexual in this, like, gorilla outfit. And I'm just like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And How do I cosplay so this? <laughs> How do I be her? <laughs> oh, my God. Um but yeah, like, I don't know what it is about that, um, that, like, grotesqueness, but also, like, sensuality that really got you stuck going with me. Uma Thurman is fantastic. Her performance in that film, she is delivering lines with, like, classic camp comic timing. Like, you, the, oh, like, when she, when she first, like, emerges from the earth and she's like, mmm, hello, Jason. I'm just like, <laughs> 
What? <laughs> like, who talks like that? She does. Uma Thurman as Poison uh, Ivy in Batman and Robin. That's who talks like that. <laughs> that is who. And then by the end of the film, she's she's full on got this like grand headpiece. She's emerging yeah. from a giant orchid. I'm like, you you can't make this shit up, you know? Yeah. This RuPaul's Drag Race wishes. <laughs> yeah, could never. Um. So yeah, she was to this day one of my just references for this like sensual but like gross kind of vibe it's time for our seventh moment moment. and that That is is Catherine Catherine Zeta-Jones in that that scene scene from from Entrapment. Entrapment okay you need to enlighten me because okay hands up hands up take me to jail never seen Entrapment I mean, you're really not missing out on much. It's it's very much <laughs> except like, for this scene, right? Except for this one scene that you can maybe find. I think is in the trailer. Um, the film is basically Catherine Zeta Jones, aforementioned possibly Asian woman, possibly to me. Asian icon. <laughs> she plays an undercover police sting operative who's trying to catch Sean Connery, like performing a ba- performing a bank robbery. What do you- <laughs> yes, it, it is a performance, <laughs> um, legendary performance, bank robbery, Sean Connery, and so she goes undercover as like you know, oh, I want to help you rob this bank rob this person in like malaysia and he's like okay well if we want to do that you're gonna have to like you know we're gonna have to teach you how to dodge lasers um (laughs) and so they set up (laughs) they set up this you know training room with these like red pieces of string to you know and she has to do this whole thing blindfolded. Why? It's so ridiculous. Why does she have to do it blindfolded? Because, because this whole time, Sean Connery is sitting in a chair from the edge of the room just watching her while she's in her like form-fitting athleisure blindfolded, you know, on the floor navigating these lasers. And I'm just oh like, God. this is just very what it is. Lasers, like avoiding lasers? Mm-hmm. Pure camp. Pure <laughs> camp. <laughs> Do you remember in Do you remember in Charlie's Angels when uh, Cameron Diaz goes from being in man drag to in that full mm, white bodysuit? Invisible. <laughs> yes, that was so. Cl- I mean, you'll see, but that was almost in one of my moments because. Oh, good. Not only does she get into the you know the full invisible white bodysuit fantasy, you know, not only does she open. You know the the two button pressing things with her extended. Oh yeah, body, at the same time. But she does a fucking round off yes. back handspring backflip onto a handstand, which <laughs> which we all know is not her, <laughs> not her at all. Um. But anyway, back to uh, Miss Catherine, Miss Katie. That scene. this particular scene of her like on the floor and she's trying to like duck under this one laser. And her butt does like a downward the dog. The booty too. Mm. And you know, the camera's slowly like panning across as she does it. And it's very sensual, very male gazy. But of course, I'm looking at that thinking, okay, so I need to be on all fours and I need to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, how can I go from my Mr. Mistopheles split into mm-hmm. this booty toochie slide? Into this booty It's a choreography. Mm. It's I a performance, it's the bank robbery performance. So yes, and you know, performed by possibly Asian icon Catherine Zeta-Jones. So I'm just like, it's made for me. Yeah, the jury's <laughs> still out. I would like to see her 23 and me. Mm. She needs to spit in a damn tube and let us know if mm. she ain't mm. a little bit Asian. I'd love to claim her. Mm. And now it's time for us to move on to number eight. Number eight. It is get, get away, away from, from her, her, you, you bitch. bitch. Line from, from Aliens. Aliens. Open brackets, 1986, close brackets. <laughs> okay, this is a Sigourney Weaver moment that is not just, this is not just an iconic moment for you. Mm. This is one of the most iconic moments in cinema history. Mm. Iconic moments in the culture, even. Uh, like Sigourney, Ellen Ripley, hands down, queer icon, Full stop, period. Absolutely, because, I mean, I'm mm. sure you know this, but for our listeners, they might not know the Alien franchise, the main character was supposed to be played by a man. Mm. And when mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver somehow came across the project or something, they actually rewrote the character to be a woman. And it was the first example of um, a woman being a lead in a sci-fi role to that extent, to, like of that mm. level of um, cinematic Hollywood prestige. I'm sure there had been examples, but... 
to be, you know, a big blockbuster film and have a woman who was not, not like mm. the sidekick of some man, not even in a relationship. She was mm, just a like bad a love interest, bitch. Yeah. Mm. And up until that point, like Ridley Scott didn't think that sci-fi could be this like artful horror genre because it was all just like cheap, horny space babes kind of thing. So when Sigourney comes along and shows this like incredible strength mm -hmm, of true. performance, of character. Oh, she is so good in it. She's so good in it. Like if it hadn't been, if it had been a man guaranteed, that movie would have been mm -hmm. come and gone. Mm -hmm. It would have been forgotten. She brought such weight. Such weight. Depth. Uh, such, you know, iconic panty wearing performance. Yes. And it do take nerve to wear panties. It do. Um, but this moment from the second, from the sequel, the second film in the franchise. Yes, Aliens. Aliens, plural. Not one, not two, possibly two, but more. More. You know? Yes, famously an S at the end of a noun means more than one. Mm, indeed. Yes, yes. Um, but this, in this film, it it's, you know, tackling themes of like motherhood and her, you know, she's survived however many centuries in hypersleep and you know her daughter has like passed away so she's trying to like calculate this like trauma as mm, very you know very deep and then in this Probably. film we're also introduced to the idea that the aliens are some kind of like insecty uh adjacent species that also comes from like they, they basically have a queen mm -hmm. as well who's like the mother and, and lays so eggs mm, Exactly, in like a very gross but sexual and like kind of... There's a common theme, I think you can see, in these uh -huh. things um, that I am Sexy gross. drawn towards. Yes, yeah, sexily, like abjectly gross, but, you know, show me more. Yeah. I'm disgusted. Don't turn it off. <laughs> disgusted. Keeps watching. Um, so at this moment, this like alien queen is like about to attack this little girl that... Um, Sigourney has like formed like a motherly attachment to mm. and then suddenly you know there's all this like noise and like chaos <sighs> happening like all these sounds and suddenly like the sound cuts out and you know these like spaceship doors open and then like out comes Sigourney in this like power loader robot outfit and it's just the yes. tensest moments of you know just these like kaboom as she's stepping forward and the camera zooms up to her face and then she utters the iconic line get away from her you bitch and then punches this fucking alien queen and they're having a full-on like oh, you know girl fight <laughs> right oh it's so good and you know it's this whole scene is taking place between females, like the alien queen is arguably female. Yeah. Um, not a man in sight. As know, I wish there never was. Mm-hmm. Um, touch wood. But yeah, this is all happened, like, this scene 100% passes the Bechdel test with flying colors. <laughs> and I just, I remember rewinding this scene and being like, fuck, this is so good, you know? Up until that point, everything had been very masculine and just, like, shooting things and... And okay, yeah, they're beating each other up, but it's still very, like... It felt very, like, feminine and, like, pussy power to the T. Yeah, it was, like, layered and, like, emotional. It wasn't just, like, violence mm. for nothing. It was, like, from a deep yeah. place. Thank you, Sigourney Weaver. We welcome you into the Thanks. Mutant Power Pussy Chakra Shrine. Mm. So at this okay, point... Okay, it's yeah. our penultimate number nine. Are you ready? Are you ready? It is. It is. Lucy, Lucy Liu. Liu. With my, my girl, girl Drew. Cameron, Cameron D. D. And destiny. destiny. Charlie's angels. angels. Come on. Come on. Question. Question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to rewatch this tomorrow night with oh, pizza. Absolutely. Oh. It is. I mean, we already mentioned Charlie's Angels earlier in this list when we mentioned Cameron Diaz avoiding the lasers because it is, for me, and especially Lucy Liu in this movie for me, is iconic. Mm. But this song, Destiny's Child, fucking hit song. Mm. Was it Independent, Independent Woman, Woman part, one. part One? Part One. Indeed. Not to be confused with Part Two. <laughs> Parts Two and Three. Uh, because the girls do love a trilogy. A trilogy. <laughs> and it is. it comes at the very end of the movie. It's like the beginning of the credits. <gasps> Stop. So I remember like the film anyway just being such an adrenaline rush of like <gasps> like it's so good. Oh, as soon so as the song comes on, it's like pitch black and then you just hear this like dun 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 dun, dun question. Bum dun dun dun. Oh, whatever the, the 
whatever the words were. I'll, but I'll tell I you s- what the words are. And you know what? I actually have a bone to pick with <gasps> the, de- the children of destiny. Do you? Listen to this statement. Listen. Question. Tell me what you think about me. Mm-hmm. That is not a question. It is a command. <laughs> it, it, there is an exclamation point. There's no question, question mark. mark. That is what we call in the business irony. Okay. But yes, it. the moment that song hits during the credits, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I could feel the pussy shock, which is like, whoosh. <laughs> it was fully burgeoning, fully blossoming, yeah. sending out pheromones into the universe after having watched <laughs> like two hours of like, you know, these three incredible women kicking ass and having fun, cunt as fucking all those outfits, and then uh. this song comes on, and I just remember thinking like, fuck, this Ooh. is, you know, um, you know that moment when you're just like, things aren't going to be the same from here on in, <laughs> you know? You're like, Thing- something, something has, has changed, changed within me, something is not mm, the same. I'm just touching myself everywhere, and you're like, this song connected to these three women, <sighs> and like... I think it was wow. aligning with my awareness of like film as a cultural form and how music and like the clout of these actresses yes. was all com- being woven together into this machine. Yes. This yeah. yes. Oh my god. Now you are okay, this this is this is this 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 <laughs> this right here also awakened something. It broke me. It just broke just me now. fully. Yeah, I because this movie was the first movie where I knew all the stars in it from other things. Mm. I knew Drew from many things, but like namely from E.T. She was mm. a little girl in E.T. I knew Lucy Liu from many things, but uh, I remember, I think Shanghai Noon was big at the time. Problematic film, but mm. loved mm-hmm. her in it. Yeah. Then I knew Cameron Diaz from The Mask. The Mask <gasps> and I course. knew um, uh, the guy that plays... Bill Murray. Bill Murray, I recognized, yeah. I knew him, but um, Joey from Friends, Matt LeBlanc, is Lucy Liu's boyfriend. Oh, Matt LeBlanc. Um, oh, my God. And yeah, even, yeah. even, even um, the love interest, Luke Wilson, I recognized him from things. So it was the first mm. time where I knew actors' names enough to, like, recognize that they were, they were playing characters. Mm. It's the first time I recognized, like, acting. And the soundtrack for it was so good. So many great songs. And there was such a range of music in it. And I remember just being like, I, some of the songs in that, I like still know. And they always bring me right back to remembering this movie. Like I watched Guardians of the Galaxy recently, the second one, and they use this song Brandy by Looking Glass. And I was just like, mm, mm, that that's Charlie's Angels. Which, it's the one, which that's one is like, that one? Um, Brandy, you're a fine is girl. It? What a good wife you would be. I don't want to sing more than 30 seconds because things, um, licensing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you were so, you were so, you were so spot on to the original that we're mm, going to get mm, shut down for copyright yeah, like, infringement. You know, Fuchsia will be like, ooh, Brandy by Looking Glass. But you'll, you'll know the song. It's a song that they're playing as they're on the boat driving to the island. Oh. Um, Thank you for the you reference. Know. I'm good now. I got it. Um, but I was like, wow, this movie is really doing that thing where it's like weaving together all of these other things that exist outside of the film. And then once that, um, once the Destiny's Child track hit, I was like, <sighs> like fully ascended, like astral projecting <sighs> into Nirvana. <gasps> Um, and to uh, this day is like a 100% ball. Oh, absolutely. When I hear, okay, any song that names drops Lucy Liu, that's, that's, that's a world class mm-hmm. double platinum in my, mm, in my mm-hmm. head forever. Like I want that played at my funeral. I'll make sure of that because I will outlive you <laughs> because I will kill you. <laughs> you are eternal. Okay. We've reached the 10th moment. It's time for 10, 10, 10 moments. Mystique's feet, feet in, in X-Men. X-Men brackets 2000. <laughs> Yay! Her okay. Mystique feet. icon means everything, but what is it about the feet specifically? It is that scene in the helicopter. Uh, a lot of my things are like. Oh, where she puts her feet to his. F- is it on his throat or to it's his face? To the side of his face and like. Around the back of his, trust me, I rewatched this whole thing as a kid. So, <gasps> oh, often. she wraps mm. her feet around it. She's hanging on yep. the bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in inside this helicopter, you know, in this like little confined oh, space, but she still wants to keep him at a distance. 
And again, it's just like a really gross, but like so sexual thing. Um, disclaimer, like I'm really not into feet. It's not my thing. Okay, yeah, don't slip into the DMs for the feet, mm. y'all. Like not kink shaming, you know, sure, whatever people want to do, that's that's fine. But if Rebecca Romaine in full-on blue mystique cosplay were to do that to me, I would fully just explode, like pussy flooded, ask for more. But again, that's just another example of, you know, this incredible female villain, you know, a canonically queer female villain i mean there's something so incredible about mystique like like she i mean she transitions constantly Mm, mm -hmm. yeah she goes from male to female to 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 her natural Mm. form which is beyond gender yeah at one point she transforms into a statue a literal object you know she's got it all and there's a great line that I will not remember the exact wording of, but like someone in one of the film asked her, why don't you stay in <gasps> human yes. form all the time? Yes, yes, yes. Nightcrawler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's in the second one then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler goes... played by Alan Cumming, icon. Alan Cumming. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, do you remember the exact line? I, I do. I don't want to get it wrong. He says, um, he walks up to her, he's just like, they say you can imitate anyone, even their voice. And she, you know, not missing a beat, repeats even their voice in his exact in his voice. tonality. And he's yeah. like, you could live in disguise um, for your whole life as anyone. Like, why don't you? And then again, our girl not missing a beat looks at him. Uh, doesn't even look at him. She's like, because we shouldn't have to. Oh. And walks off the screen. I'm just like, this bitch, she really, she she did that. It's so queer. You know? The X-Men are so queer. It mm. is like so allegory for the the queer experience. And her in this scene with her feet, the first thing she says after she slaps this guy around uh, <laughs> with her feet and pins him <laughs> down, she's like, it's people like you that made me scared of going to school as a child. And I was like, <gasps> She's getting that revenge for all mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, she is... Um, vengeance in action. Uh, and she has just snagged herself the 10th and final spot of the top 10 moments that, that awakened, awakened my Dwayne's mutant, mutant power, power pussy, pussy chakra. chakra. There are, of oh course, moments God. that are always happening, you know, but these yes, are, there's more you know, moments. if I had to pin them down to... You could be the moment. Our listeners mm. could be the moment. And actually, <gasps> oh why God. don't you tell our listeners how if they if they want to see if they might be able to awaken something within you how can they get in touch (gasps) well you can find me on my instagram which is just my name uh at duane nasis that's d-u-a-n-e-n-a-s-i-s um which Mm -hmm. autocorrect loves to change to duane asia or duane nazi and i'm just like wow wow not not Dwayne, but it always wants to change it to Diane. I'm just like Diane Asia, Diane Nazi, Diane Who, Diane Asia. <laughs> if you ever do become full time drag queen, mm. Diane Asia has to be your name. Diane Asia and a- Miss Asia Thorne, ooh, um, ooh. sister act, um, mother daughter act, auntie niece act. So yes, you can find me on there, and that's good. They can find you there. They don't need to find you anywhere else. Slip into the DMs. And actually, I realized, I realized, okay, I told the, I told you to tell the listeners where to find you, but we haven't actually done the most important part of this podcast, which is creating the eternal, timeless, queer Asian Pokedex, which contains all the most important cultural items that are both queer and Asian as deemed by us queer Asians. So from your Mm. list, I feel like there's at least... Ten. (laughs) (laughs) There's at least... I think there's two, there might be three. Mm. I mean, you've had Sailor Moon on the list. Oh, no, 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 though, honey. We have not had Sailor Moon villains. They need to go in. Villains. Sailor Moon went in as a franchise. The twin slash lovers. Yes, okay. Yeah, the twin slash lovers. And, uh, oh gosh, I just love the villains so much. I want to put them all in. Mm. Um, We need to do a Bidden Peach act where, uh, like a whole show... We where every act is villains. like one of the mm, one of the acts like each act is like a playing card or one Ooh. one part of the like specters structure yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's going into the pokédex that's for certain now mm-hmm. i see i see two more things on this list that could go in mm-hmm. because of their 
connections or interpretations <laughs> as Asian. I think because I felt the same growing up, and you know, my opinion is the only one that truly matters in this moment. Prince Eric. Mm-hmm. Sure, let's let's do. I mean. <gasps> So I, I came across this statistic recently that 20, 20 to 25% of all merchant marine, merchant marines are Filipino men. So it's highly likely that Prince Eric on these oceans, on a boat, uh-huh. on a boat, on a, on a seafaring vessel, yeah. there's a 20 to 25% chance that he is Filipino. Yeah. Okay. Filipino. Okay. Prince Eric is mm-hmm. in with his vaguely Asian heritage. <laughs> and, um, I think there's one other person with vaguely Asian heritage <laughs> that might be able to sneak their way in. Miss Catherine Sita Jones. Kathy Z. <laughs> Ka- Katie Z. Katie ZJ. <laughs> Katie ZJ. Um, I mean, if you use a screenshot of her butt going under the laser, Just the it's butt. like, mm, like sh- that could be an Asian butt <laughs> right there. <laughs> that butt knows no bounds. It mm. shall not be confined to any one race. Mm, it is the so- people's. But. <laughs> so Catherine Zeta Jones has not made it into the into the Pokedex on her own. She's made it in specifically because of <laughs> that scene from <laughs> that Entrapment. Phew! And that means we have three new additions to the queer Asian Pokedex. We have Sailor Moon villains, Prince <laughs> Eric, and of course Catherine Zeta Jones in that scene, scene from, Entrapment. from Entrapment. And with that, we have gone through the top 10 moments for our 10th episode. Yay! 10 for 10. Thank you for assigning me the homework. Oh, you did such good homework. Yeah. Like a good Asian student, you came prepared. You. you sent Thank references. You. That's that's what we need. I did indeed. <gasps> oh, can oh. I actually, can I submit a purposeful, on its own... Um, yes. item for the for the Pokedex rather yes. than an accidental one. Um, I want to. I would like to submit the short film "Into a Space of Love" by "Into a Space of Love." Into a Space okay. of Love that was commissioned by Freeze Art Fair and Gucci. Uh, but it is a a beautiful magical realist documentary art film by. Um, trans Asian American director Wu Tsang, and it talks about the struggles of, um, uh, black queer Americans and how music and the club scene was a space that helped, helped them realize a place, uh, come to a place of self love and liberation. Uh, and it's just very beautiful. I think I posted a clip of it on my stories a while ago, and you were just like, what is this? And I was just like, here's the link. And then you watched it. I don't know if you remember that. but I that do, is... I do. Now mm. that I've Googled it and I'm looking. Mm, well, yeah. it's in. Mm, so there we go. Snatched in. So you, you've, you've put in a whopping total of four oh. items. That is tied for the most with oh a few God, other Oh my God, do I win progress. a prize? What's my prize? <laughs> no, no, you're only tied. Tied? Until we get a record breaker. Oh. Tied, you're tied. Other people have... Inserted four as well. Samantha Sun, I believe. Raheem. Asia might have even had four in her episode. People are getting frisky. But you are the first person to offer ten moments that awakened your mutant power pussy chakra. Something that that will go down in queer Asian history. Thank you for making history. I need you to say goodbye to our listeners in any way you so choose, whether it be language-based or not. Um, bye. Perfect. No, 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 no. I will say, uh, what will I say? Uh, bye, people, everyone. Hee hee. Hee hee. Arigato gozaimasu for listening to Bitten Peach Pod. Please make sure to leave us a review. We'd love five stars, darling. You can find us on Instagram at Bitten Peach Pod, and we'll be back next week for a new episode and new entries into the queer Asian Pokedex. We gotta snatch them all. It is known all people with black hair are Asian.